Beltone Hearing Aid Center presents The Drive. Ready, fight. The Drive. Elmore deep, left side three, it's good! From 30 feet, John Elmore! The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome in. It is the Thursday, October 11th edition. Your drive begins now here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We hope to, in a minute, join our usual guest on Thursday from rotowire.com and rotowire magazine, Joe Bartle. So we're efforting him as we speak. But coming up this hour, I think we're going to have some fun because we're going to catch up with a couple of Marshall alumnus. They now work for the Norfolk Admirals. Guess what? Marshall's going to Norfolk, Virginia, taking an Old Dominion this weekend. And we've got agents embedded in the area. So we're going to talk to a few folks from the organization a little bit later on. So that's what's coming up. And, of course, we'll take your phone calls, 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. I'm looking forward to tonight because I've got three options for my sports fix I could watch Texas Tech at TCU, and I might do that. It's coming up tonight. ESPN 730 is going to be the start on that one. Or I could watch a little bit of Georgia Southern at Texas State. I'm probably not going to watch that. That's on ESPNU tonight at 730. Or I could do what most of you are going to do, and the ratings are proving that, yeah, you're watching, you're watching the pros. Thursday night football coming up tonight. Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Football Giants. That's going to come up tonight, 8.20 p.m. Unfortunately, we're not going to get to our pregame until 8 p.m. because we've got a full slate tonight. I say unfortunately only because uh, I want to hear some football, but the stuff we've got coming up tonight uh, will, I guess, soothe the savage beast inside you because coming up tonight we have got Inside Herd Athletics with Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hamrick, and then we've got the Doc Holiday Call-In Show. All of that's coming up tonight right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So, with that said, it has been a while. We missed last week because of baseball, but he is back, and thankfully because I'm sure last week everyone's fantasy football, let's just put it to you this way, um, there's some, some lost souls right now, and Joe Bartle from rotowire.com and rotowire magazine is here to uh, ease those souls, save the day, and uh, hopefully put things right in a world of chaos. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing all right. That's, that's a, a pretty in, uh, interesting intro. I'm not sure I can live up to all of that. Come on, man. You, 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 <laughs> you can do it. I have faith in you. I believe in you, Joe. All right, now that you're talking to me, up, maybe I, I feel like I can do it now, too. You're right. Okay, yeah, good. Because I have to have faith in something, Joe, and I've put my faith in you. So uh, you're uh, you're here to save the day for fantasy football owners everywhere, and uh, we got a lot to get into. So uh, first of all, let's talk about what we got tonight, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Football Giants. And if I'm a fantasy football owner, and let's just say I've got Eli Manning, or I've got Carson Wentz, or you know I've got uh, Saquon Barkley. I mean, I've got so many options, and then again, maybe I don't have options. So what's your assessment of this one tonight? Yeah, I mean, and even the biggest question you mentioned is, who fills in with JHI out for the season? I think for fantasy owners, and really throughout the first six weeks of the season, this is one of the biggest what-if questions that we're going to be dealing with. Obviously, we had Ryan Fitzpatrick go off for the first three weeks, and we've had a few other key injuries happen. But running back in this prominent of an offense, going down for the season of the injury, opens up the door for a variety of different guys to maybe step in and take in more of a fantasy role. I mean, 
Wendell Smallwood, for example, could be a guy that is on waivers right now that is a 10, 15-point guy in PPR. And then there's Corey Clement, if he's ever healthy, that could do the same thing too. There's there's a lot of question marks that can be had after this game. And frankly, it's one of the better Thursday night games on the schedule I've seen through the first five weeks. Is there anybody that might be out there that you would say, all right, yeah, I know you got to make a decision quick. Don't go here. Is there anybody you should avoid in this matchup tonight or you feel pretty good about if you've got one of the major players? Yeah, I think Nelson Aguilar, especially with uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz kind of uh, absent in the Nick Foles quote-unquote era throughout those first two weeks of the season, was a guy that you can count on, especially in the PPR format. I don't know if you can really count him at this point. That guy secondary is actually okay. And I, I think Alshon Jeffrey will be able to get his points as far as red zone looks. I don't know about Nelson Aguilar. I really think that offense as a whole is kind of running through the tight ends, whether it is Dallas Goddard or Zach Ertz. And we're not going to see a third or fourth option being Nelson Aguilar having success. So I, I would stay away from him if I'm kind of leaning that direction. Saquon Barkley will be fine. I mentioned Alshon Jeffrey. He'll be fine. I would anticipate you're probably starting Carson once you have him. The other question mark that maybe you're having, especially with the bye weeks with two breeze gone and that Saints offense gone, maybe you have to rely on Eli Manning. My answer to that is if you're relying on Eli Manning, you're probably not winning your fantasy matchup anyway this week. So you can't get too upset. That Eagles defense is pretty good. Eli Manning is not so good. Uh, that's It's kind of, you know, it, it, unless there's better options, I, I would assume there are, but maybe their deeper leagues there isn't. Uh, you're, kind of, you're kind of forcing your hand with an Eli Manning start this week. Yeah, we're getting to that point now. Buys are coming up, and you've got to make some decisions real soon. Bench some guys, drop some guys, and uh, thankfully for um, – well, let's put it this way. I think we've got some options here for a lot of people, if uh, especially if you're if you're in leagues that are, aren't aren't that deep with teams. Uh, so there's plenty of options there. Now, with this game, pretty good Thursday night game. We've got some Saturday. I'm sorry, we've got some Sunday. We've got some Monday night action to get into. And first of all, I really want to talk about the big one that's coming up for me. You know what I'm talking about? It's Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, and there are so many options here in this game. At the same time, I'm kind of frightened as well because it's Pittsburgh taking on Cincinnati, and so if you're you're living high right now off the Bengals, this might be the end of that. Well, yeah, and I'll lean towards you because obviously you're a Bengals fan. You probably know more than I do when it comes to that team, but I also know that Pittsburgh defense has not looked good throughout the first five weeks of the season. I understand that they held the Falcons in check, but that felt more like it was a game script thing where – the Steelers just pulled out to an insurmountable advantage, and it was just easy to kind of catch the one-sided Falcons as far as that goes. I think the Bengals are going to do much better offensively than the Falcons did last week, and if that's the case, we're probably talking about a game that's going to be over 55 points uh, between two offenses that I think are one of the better ones in the NFL now. You could argue the Steelers' defense isn't so great like I just did. You could probably also argue that the Bengals' defense isn't as great as it has been. I mean, there's a couple times the Colts, for example, we're able to nickel and dime their way down to 28 points in that contest, and the Bengals were only able to just barely win that game after trailing on. I, I think that this could get away from the Bengals potentially, but if we're talking fantasy-wise, I feel great about just about everyone here. Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, both the quarterbacks in this situation I think are probably startable in a 10- or 12-team league. So I, I, this is going to be a fun game to watch. AFC North games are always pretty fun to watch. but They get a little bit gruesome sometimes, and uh, certainly the, the announcers tend to exaggerate some of the heavy hitting that happens in an AFC North matchup, but these are two teams competing for what will likely be at least one spot out of that playoff spot, maybe even two in that division. I think it'll be a pretty good game, and I feel confident using 
just about everyone relevant in both these offenses for fantasy this week. I don't know if you saw the uh, the game last week with the Bengals and the Dolphins, but the Bengals, thanks to defense, was able to come back. I'm sure a lot of people who try to game the system look, okay, what's the hot team this week? What's the hot defense? Maybe looking at that Bengals defense. Uh, is that fool's gold there to think, okay, they, they, they did really well. Should I grab them? I need a defense. Would you look elsewhere? Yeah, I've, I watched a bit of the game, and I would probably answer it not so much the Bengals' defense did well, but it was more like the offense, the Dolphins, really kind of uh, muddled things up. I've never been a huge fan of Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I'll be the first one to admit that I was surprised to see how fast of a start he had to the first couple weeks, but he's crashing back down to Ryan Tannehill earth, and I think we kind of saw the culmination of that last week Sunday. So, I, yeah, the Bengals' defense made plays when they had to make them, but there's a couple plays where Tannehill, I, I was questioning what he was doing, and I, I put more of that uh, defensive performance in the Bengals on the ineptitude of the Dolphins' offense as opposed to any of the strengths the Bengals had. That being said, I don't know if you'd want to feel comfortable using them against the Steelers' offense, which is pretty darn effective and has been for most of the season. This is one of those situations you're probably staying away. If we're playing defensive roulette, maybe a team like the Titans, I've been picking up the Jets everywhere going against Andrew Luck, who seems like he's guaranteed for at least two interceptions a game. Is a fantastic pickup, too. And maybe even the Browns. I know the Browns are going against the Chargers, and that should be an explosive offensive game from both sides of the ball. But there's a situation, if you look at the Browns' schedule, where you could realistically start them for the next three or four weeks after this. And I think maybe that's the case where you get lucky and hopefully Rivers throws a pick six or something like that. So those are the defenses I pick up before I pick up the Bengals situation. I was going to ask you about that matchup. That's a, that's a big one. Baker Mayfield has been doing some really great things for that franchise and the Browns all of a sudden I have to take them with a serious face now because they have been one of the better teams in the NFL record might not indicate truly how good this team is and this is a game where you've got options if you're looking for a player I mean Philip Rivers I mean how successful could he be against the Browns Baker Mayfield how successful could he be against the Chargers D uh where are you going here if you need to pick up somebody and you've got players available from either one of these teams? Yeah, that's a good question. And I mentioned Drew Brees earlier as a guy that probably a lot of fantasy owners are losing to a bye week this week. If you had to pick up a quarterback, I'm not sure Baker Mayfield is available, but I would feel comfortable picking up him and starting him in place of a Drew Brees kind of bye week person this week. The Chargers defense is okay, but it's nothing near what we saw last year when Joey Bosa was on the field. He didn't travel to Cleveland this week, so he's obviously not going to be playing. That's a situation where I think Mayfield, they're probably going to be trailing. I think the Chargers' offense is good. Browns' defense is also good, but offense is better for the Chargers, and they're going to be able to score. So they're going to be trailing. I think Baker Mayfield's going to have to bring them back. This is a situation where if he told me 300 yards, two total touchdowns, maybe two turnovers, I would very much believe that, whether it's rushing the ball or throwing the ball. Mayfield's going to be able to move it, I think, against that Chargers' defense. And I feel confident as kind of a bi-week replacement that you could fit him in. Receiver-wise, Antonio Callaway is kind of a hit-or-miss player, and I think this week might be a hit. I'm talking about Casey Hayward likely going to be covering Jarvis Landry if he's not on the slot. Maybe Trevor Williams will be covering them. But there's going to be situations where Antonio Callaway might be open, and especially with Higgins out this week, or potentially out. I think he was, uh, didn't practice at least Wednesday. I'm not possible about Thursday. This is a situation where maybe Callaway ends up getting to be able to move the ball a bit more and uh, spread the field sort of like what Dave Nujoku would do in the middle of the field. I think Callaway could kind of go on the sidelines and take advantage of that defense. So I, I think there's a lot of options on the Browns side of things. Of course you're starting Melvin Gordon. Of course you're starting Keenan Allen. 
Uh, those are probably the two prominent options. I think you're probably starting Philip Rivers too. I mean, he's a top five fantasy quarterback right now, and I think you got to kind of keep riding with him until he ends up throwing a couple four or five picks. Right now, he's got a 13 to two touchdown to pass ratio or touchdown interception ratio. So you got to roll with him as it is, even though it's against a gamey Browns defense. That's kind of the options I'm looking at for both teams right now in fantasy. Joe Bartles joining us from RotoWire.com and RotoWire Magazine. So, is there anybody or any matchup that you're looking at that you would avoid if you've got players with sort of that sit or start situation? Uh, I have to go to my Packers this year. They had, of course, a dismal performance last week against the Lions. That was about as ugly as you could watch the first three quarters or so. If you're Jamal Williams and you have a Jamal Williams owner, I should say, uh, in fantasy, I think you've got to stay away. At some point, the Packers have to rely on their better running back. And the better running back is Aaron Jones, Ty Montgomery, then Jamal Williams. This is a make-or-break situation Monday night for the Packers. They have to beat the 49ers if they have any hope of winning the NFC North. And to do so, they're going to have to rely on their best players. I think Aaron Jones is the guy they're going to have to rely on. I think maybe Ty Montgomery gets mixed in there, too. But Jamal Williams at this point, I know it's a good matchup, supposedly, against the 49ers defense. I'm still probably staying away. You have to have better options at this point, both on your fantasy team and the Packers overall. Now, as someone who likes to look at the waiver wire, someone also who likes to, all right, who's having a really good start? Maybe I've got someone on my team that's not doing so well. Nobody's picked this guy up yet. Is there anybody out there that you're thinking about that might be a value to start looking at to pick up, drop a guy that's really a dead weight on your team? I'm thinking maybe... At least in a 12- or 14-team league, you're, you're kind of pulling at straws at this point. There haven't been a lot of injuries that have gave way to positional spots. We talked about the Eagles-Giants matchup earlier in this broadcast, and the, I said Wendell Smallwood probably is the guy you're picking up, especially in a 12- or 14-team league, you want to do that. But with the possibility that the Eagles could trade for McCoy or even Le'Veon Bell, I don't know if you want to invest a roster spot waiting on Wendell Smallwood, of all people, to do well. And that's kind of the situation that you have to look at for a couple of these other running backs. In a 12- or 14-team league, maybe Edo Smith, the running back for the Falcons, could be an interesting guy that you have to use. Whether or not Devonta Freeman misses more time with that injury that he's missed the last couple of weeks, that's a possibility. And uh, Edo Smith has gotten over six fantasy points in the last three weeks with kind of splitting time with Tevin Coleman. He's a guy to consider. But if we're talking maybe an 8- to 10-team league, a guy like John Brown probably is going about 40% of the league yet in I think the Ravens really kind of run their offense through him, which is surprising because I went to thought the Ravens could run any offense through anybody. Yet here we are. John Brown is probably a top 15, top fantasy wide receiver through five weeks, and I frankly think he's going to be that kind of receiver throughout the rest of the season too. So especially in shallower leagues, maybe John Brown's available. I think you have to pick him up, and based off the matchups, he could be a wide receiver too for you the rest of the way. Joe Bartles, our guest, rotowire.com, rotowire magazine now. Rotowire, of course, the leading site for all your fantasy news information. You need help with fantasy sports. They're the guys to go to. I sincerely mean that. And you've got a special deal. If you go to the website now, you can sign up, get a free trial. And if you like what you see, then, of course, you can stick around. But you don't just ask for someone's credit card and say, hey, here you go. Hope you like it. You give fans an opportunity to try it out and find out why that they need Roto-Wire in their fantasy life. Yeah, it's, that's the great part about it, too. And I, I hate this all the time. Like I've, I've wanted to buy a few apps for my phone for different sports-related things, especially with the, the playoffs going on. I've, I've wanted to add that and get the radio on there. And they'll make you, okay, you get that free trial or whatever, but, oh, you have to actually have your credit card information in there, which will automatically charge you if you guys forget to uh, cancel that after your free subscription. 
That's not the case for RotoWire. They don't ask for any credit card information during that free trial process. You're good to go right away throughout those first uh, couple of weeks or a couple of days, I should say, and test everything out free of charge. And if you like the product, you can come back and buy it. That's there's no insert your information in there and then come back later thing where they come back to bite you. That's, that's not how RotoWire works. That's the one of the great things about the company is that they're not really trying to. Uh, well, I'm trying to think in that polite way, but they're not trying to uh, mess you up at all. They're just just trying to give you the best fancy information we can. Joe Bardo, our guest, RotoWire.com, RotoWire Magazine. Thanks, Joe, for coming back with us. Uh, let's hope that baseball doesn't uh, interrupt our conversation again next week and uh, we can save the souls of fantasy football owners. I, I know a couple in our company who um, they've only got one win, so, yeah, there's some uh, there's some desperate need out there right now for you, Joe. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could be of help to anybody that needs it. Thanks, Joe. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, sir. Sounds good. It's Joe Bartle, rotowire.com, rotowire magazine. Hey, when we come back from break, I've been looking forward to this for a while now. Uh, we got a couple of Marshall kids coming on the program. Uh, they're all grown up now, they're doing big things, and we're going to talk to them when we come back from break. They're basically embedded right now in the Norfolk area. They're like, we've got herd spies going on right now doing their thing. Plus, I thought it would just be fun to talk a little hockey on the show as well and have a good Marshall ODU tie-in. We've got that coming up next when we continue with this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We are presented by Belltone Hearing Aid Center. Welcome back to the Thursday, October 11th edition of Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. One of the reasons why I'm excited about this matchup between Marshall and Old Dominion is because, one, I think this is going to be a great rivalry here in the next few years. Two, there's always a Marshall connection, and we've got a couple of spies embedded behind enemy lines. Uh, they can't say that, but I can sense, well, we're here in Huntington right now, and uh, they've got to keep their cover. But uh, if you have followed uh, the careers of uh, a few of the Marshall grads over the years, you know the name Alex Reed. He's now the public relations and broadcast manager for the Norfolk Admirals, and he's been uh, pretty successful throughout his years covering hockey, East Coast Hockey League, very successful, uh, a very well-respected and decorated broadcaster. Also, we have on the program as well. She is right now the director of fan relations, and we've got with us here Alex Reed and Sabrina Hurst. We've got Marshall spies in the midst of Old Dominion country. How you guys doing? Doing all right, Paul. About you? I'm good. Doing well. Good to talk with you again. It's been a while for both of us. Um, I thought this would be fun because, well, Marshall's coming to town. And so they're playing a football game. And then after that, herd fans, after hopefully the victory, can just come on over, watch a little hockey with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to meet up with any Marshall alum fans. For us, it's really meaningful because we get to showcase what Marshall gave us. Yeah, and, you know, the other thing, too, it's uh, it's interesting that uh, – uh, the Admirals are playing another West Virginia team in the Wheeling Nailers as well. So the West Virginia connections and here to the uh, Hampton Roads area, it's unbelievable the connections. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we're excited about, one, our season opening up and, of course, Marshall coming into town right here in our backyard. 
So how hard has it been for you guys to keep a straight face every time uh, someone asks you, hey, uh, yeah, you excited for Marshall? Yeah, yeah, you know, because after all, you're, you're, you're in the area. There's sort of that certain uh, expectation that you got to be a little bit loyal to Old Dominion, but yet you two are, are proud Marshall grads. So how hard has it been for you guys? No, it's, I'm full, fully proud of Marshall, and I represent that well here. And I, I've noticed a very positive turnaround whenever I talk with ODU fans and I say, hey, yeah, I'm from Marshall. It's nice to meet you. One of our interns goes to ODU, and we were just talking yesterday how we just enjoy the games together. We enjoy, you know, being a fan. And we brought up back when Marshall played in the Conference USA tournament, and, of course, Marshall won, which was awesome, and ODU fell to Western Kentucky but things like that just connect us better, and it, it helps with the Admirals organization the more community outreach that we do through that. And, and you know, I'll say too, Paul, you know, I, I'm born and raised here in Hampton Roads, so uh, I've always been familiar with Old Dominion. And, of course, hey, I bleed green, so, you know, I'm, I'm all hurt this weekend. And, um, you know, but it is one of the things, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really excited that the, the football program is, you know, especially now in the same conference as Marshall, obviously with Marshall coming down. And, and you know, I, I wish Old Dominion all the best. And I, I remember uh, – Two or three years ago, when Marshall made their first visit uh, here to ODU in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, I was able to go to the game with my brother and uh, my dad. And, um, you know, we were kind of standing around a bunch of Marshall fans. We looked a little lost. You know, we didn't really have anywhere to tailgate and set up at. And uh, a bunch of ODU fans, they saw us. They said, hey, would you guys come and join us? And, I mean, they hooked us up. So it's a great fan base. Marshall's got a great fan base. And, um, you know, yeah, let's hope the rivalry goes. But uh, I think the fan bases are very similar. They're all very uh, – uh, warming and, and welcoming. What's the excitement level like for this team in this matchup? Uh, Old Dominion record-wise, not as good as they would like, but I've heard it time and time again, they're probably the best 1-5 in five team in America right now, and Marshall needs this win desperately to stay in the East Division race. Old Dominion needs this win desperately to try to keep their bowl hopes alive, and so there's a lot of interest in both Marshall and Old Dominion trying to win this game. So what's it been like from your perspective as far as the fans uh, back in Norfolk in the area? You know, I actually talked to a couple of uh, ODU fans, and uh, both, you know, this was two or three weeks ago, pre-Virginia Tech game, and, you know, they weren't feeling pretty good about things down here um, for the Monarchs. Um, you know, I know they were saying, yeah, it's great. You know, we're 0-3. Now we got to play Tech. We'll be 0-4. we got to play FAU. we got to play Marshall. So, yeah, we'll be 0-7 before we know it. Then the Virginia Tech game happened, and uh, now everybody is rejuvenated. There's a confidence that's been uh, instilled back in the program in the area here, and obviously, I think they had a pretty good outing against East Carolina. Um, so, I mean, they're they're um, uh, they're they're definitely pretty high in the sales right now. That was a, an enormous win, um, yeah, a pretty shocking one for the entire state, and um, and I, I think the you know the momentum right now is riding in Old Dominion, and I know the the fans they packed that stadium pretty well and knowing that they got one of the top teams you know in the conference and um yeah it, it presents a good matchup there's a lot of talking points here paul and uh i know that the the fan base despite sitting you know at the record with the one win um they're, they're right high now especially after that virginia tech win amazing what a big win like that can do for you yeah that was an incredible win and just watching how much norfolk supported odu in that i'm excited to you know marshall taking them on and seeing what marshall does Joining us on the program, we've got uh, two uh, proud alum of Marshall University with us, Alex Reed, who has been in broadcasting for so long. 
you've been doing this for forever, but yet you're still uh, very young, Alex. So I, I can't imagine it's been that long since I've really seen you. And Sabrina, of course, uh, just graduating recently from Marshall, both of them now working for the Norfolk Admirals. And after the Marshall game, um, go see the Admirals take on the Kneelers. Hurt uh, fans, though, you probably want them to root for Norfolk just a little bit, right? I mean, I mean, Huntington, Wheeling, there's still that little rivalry thing going on. We'll make a deal here. Obviously, we're, uh, we're 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 rooting for the herd. So if they if they come out afterwards, come root for the Admirals for our sake at least, right? <laughs> What's it been like for both of you um, working for the Admirals? Uh, I haven't seen uh, East Coast Hockey League action in years, and Norfolk, the Admirals, uh, been a uh, a part of that for a long time. And of course, you got Wheeling, who just keeps on keeping on. So, what's it been like uh, in this day and age with the ECHL? Not even the East Coast Hockey League now; it's just the ECHL. It's it's grown so much. Yeah, it's no longer the yeah the ECHL stands for for nothing uh, anymore, really, because of the expansion of all the teams out in the Midwest and the West. I mean, at one point in the league, there was a at one point in time in the league there was a team in Alaska, so. Uh, they decided we better get rid of the East Coast Hockey League moniker, but everyone still knew it as the ECHL, which, as coaches will say, uh, it stands for the ever-changing Hockey League with your lineups, with all the call-ups. But um, it's, a, it's a really great league. Um, I grew up with, uh, you know, here in Hampton Roads with the original Hampton Roads Admirals. They used to come up and play the, the Huntington Blizzard in those days, and uh, um, I remember those matchups well. But the, the league has come a long way. It's a different league than it was back then. Um, you know, back in those days, you know, you could expect uh, fights and brawls pretty much every night. And while that's still part of the game at times, but the, you know, the skill level is unbelievable. A lot of these guys are just really victims of a numbers game in the world of hockey. They, they, a lot of these guys could be playing in the American Hockey League at the next step. So um, it's, it's amazing to see the transition the league. It's really good, exciting hockey. And, um, and, and there's been some teams that have stability. And, you know, the Wheeling Nailers you mentioned is one. And, of course, the Norfolk Admirals, we're opening up our 30th anniversary season. Yeah, and I think that that's really exciting to come into. And, you know, like we've established, I just graduated this past May, and it's good to be with another Marshall person that I can continue to learn from and continue to grow to reach that next step. Okay, tickets are not that expensive, so Herd fans have no excuse. Tickets are not that expensive, but... I'm sure you're going to offer them something, right, Sabrina? I'm putting them on the spot. You, you got something. Yeah. Maybe maybe just just the fact they need to come see you, right? That's that's the well, thing. exactly. Yeah, you get to see me. I'm the in-arena host, so I'll be taking care of your in-game promotions. And Alex Reed's on the radio. He's taking care of all the broadcasting, so you definitely, definitely don't want to miss out on that. But I created a link, and through a couple Facebook pages online, I can even send that to you personally, Paul, not a problem. Uh, but, yes, I've set up a link to where Marshall fans can purchase tickets, $14 a piece, and they'll all be sitting in the same section. So, definitely, herd fans, take advantage of that, and we'd love to have you out. And if we get at least 10 herd fans, we can definitely put up Marshall University under as a group night sponsor. So, And love to see a lot of Kelly Green in the stands. That would be a big, big old uh, section of that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And our puck drops at 7 o'clock that night, so it doesn't interfere with the ODU game. We're just down the street. Yeah. Sounds like a perfect night for Herd fans, and hopefully after a Herd victory, come on down, root for the Admirals to beat the Nailers. That's probably the only time I can say that until uh, <laughs> until we talk to you guys again. After all, I mean, I'm going to root for you two, right? Yeah. I'm going to take you two over the Wheeling Nailers anytime. We, we, we appreciate that, Paul. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. So how fun has it been for you two to um, 
to get to work together, knowing that you know you both worked in some capacity with Marshall University in the broadcast field. Alex, you yeah, even though you're a youngster still, you're you're an old hand at this now. And Sabrina, who's uh, been with the program for a few years now, coming out and just how fun was it when you two found out? Hey, we've got that Marshall connection. Yeah. So actually, Reed is a lot of the reason that I even came to Norfolk. A lot of people know that I worked under Mike Powers, and Mike taught me what I know. He was an awesome mentor. And we reached out to Reed after I had applied here and scored an interview, and we asked Reed, you know, like, what's going on here? What's this place like? And Reed had all positive things to say. So I took advantage, and that's why I'm here. Yeah, and then, you know, it's funny because at the time I was working with the Florida Everblades um, here in the ECHL as well, and – and then, of course, you know, I, I was glad to see Sabrina, you know, get connected here. Um, you know, we, I knew she'd be, you know, she'd do a lot of great stuff, obviously coming from a great program uh, there at Marshall. And uh, I was real excited for her to get that first job and uh, have that opportunity. And then as the summer went along, the um, broadcasting job opened up here. And, um, you know, I had connections, and I thought, well, you know what, I think it's about time to get closer to my family uh, who still lives here in the area. They live in Virginia Beach, so... Um, I just said, you know what, let's make this happen, and it happened. And so then it just—it wasn't something that was planned from the start. But now it's like, oh, this is so cool. We got some a Marshall connection here, and um, you know, Sabrina's doing a—I can tell you right now, she's, she's talented. She's gonna, um, you, know, you know, learn so much here in this season, and she's gonna, you know, future's bright for her. So we're, we're excited about what she's gonna be able to do this year, and um, um, it is great. And we can bounce ideas off each other, and. Um, you know, it, it's going to make the, the year uh, even that more special just to know that, okay, not only you know, we're starting new opportunities in our careers, but, uh, you know, we've got some uh, connections to Marshall here in the area to help us along the way. Okay, so we're rooting for Norfolk. We're rooting for the herd. We've got our Saturday planned, and then um, hopefully it's a victory for everybody. We're all happy, and the next time maybe these two uh, teams will cross paths. I don't think basketball will work out, but uh, definitely hoping that we can do this again. I think it would be great to have a herd Norfolk Admirals doubleheader in the near future. <laughs> we'll have to like schedule the next time. In two years when uh, the herd comes back down, we'll make certain that Wheeling's is down. We'll have to <laughs> petition the league for that. <laughs> you know, that's not a bad idea, actually. They might go for it, too. Maybe. Just Maybe. But we'll get that link out to everybody if Herd fans want to go to the game and sit next to each other. And, of course, Sabrina, I'm sure you posted it out on your social media as well, but I'll make sure we get the link out to other people. And um, take plenty of photos. I want to see a, a, a big sea of Kelly Green at the Admirals game on Saturday in one section, being loud for it. I'm sure Wheeling fans will, like, freak out seeing that the Herd fans are rooting for Norfolk. <laughs> they probably will. And, and you know, it's, uh, you know, it's a huge connection to um – uh, in West Virginia and Virginia here, but you know what? A lot of the people that live in Wheeling are Mountaineer fans, so uh, I'm not. That's another reason I think to go for Norfolk as well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't speak for everybody, but the, a lot of the people up in Wheeling, there's a lot more Mountaineer fans up there. Okay, there you have it. Then the herd fans are uh, Admirals fans uh, through the uh, well through the end of time. Now I guess uh, you've just made the case, and I think you won. Yeah, it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy. Uh, that'll get anyone to switch sides real quick. <laughs> Alex, Sabrina, good catching up with both of you. We'll do it again real soon, and uh, we'll get that link from Sabrina so we can make sure if Herd fans want to go, they can get the great group deal and sit together and uh, have one big sea of Kelly Green at the Admirals game when they take on the Wheeling Nailers. Guys, it's been fun. We'll do it again. All right. Thank you, Paul. We appreciate it. Thanks, Paul. It was great to catch up.
That's Alex okay. Reed and Sabrina Hurst from the Norfolk Admirals. They've got a group deal. We'll get that out to you so you can sit with fellow Herd fans and uh, enjoy the day. Watch the Herd get the victory and then go watch Norfolk take on Wheeling and get the victory there. We're going to come back, take some of your phone calls, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We'll also go over some of the news of the day. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Thursday, October 11th edition. The Drive continues on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Just a couple of notes from the day before we take our next break. First up, want to remind you, coming up next, it's Inside Herd Athletics with Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hamrick, followed by the Doc Holliday Call-In Show, and that's all coming up tonight right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And then stick around. Following the Holiday Show, it's going to be Thursday Night Football, Philadelphia Eagles taking on the New York Football Giants, and we'll have that for you straight up at 8 o'clock. Some Marshall action to tell you about today. Thundering Herd team returning to action on Friday. They haven't played in a match for 11 days. They're going to be at the Intercollegiate Tennis Association Atlantic Regional Tournament. They're only one of 32 teams participating in the tournament. Liberty is the host institution, so Thundering Herd is coming off an 11-win performance at the Hokie Fall Invite in its last tournament action. So Marshall looking to do more, and uh, they've got a good squad so far. So... I'm looking forward to seeing what Thundering Herd can do uh, when they take on um, one of those 32 teams. Trying to work their way through that. Now, soccer is coming back. Women's soccer is going to be back at the Hoops Family Field to face Rice. That's right, facing Rice. And um, they've been on the road for three straight matches. So they've got Rice on Friday, 7 o'clock. Herd's doing a little bit better. They're 5 6 2. 3-3-0 3-3-0 in conference play. The Owls are 4-7-2-3 and 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 in conference play. So if you can't make it to the game, of course, um, our friends uh, on our student station, 88.1 FM, WMUL, will have that. So if you can't make it to the soccer match, you want to listen in, 88.1 FM, WMUL, the student station at Marshall University. Okay, we're going to take our next break. We'll come back. We're going to wrap it up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Thursday edition. We are presented by Belltone Hearing Aid Center. Coming up next, it's going to be Inside Herd Athletic, Marshall University, Mike Hamrick, the athletic director. Also, we've got the Doc Holiday call-in show, and then we've got Thursday Night Football for you as Philadelphia Eagles are taking on the New York Giants, and that's going to be straight up at 8 o'clock. It's right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And then we're going to be right back here tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit more about Marshall and Old Dominion. Also, if you were with us earlier, and even if you weren't, let me reset what we did. We talked to a couple of Marshall alum who are working now for the Norfolk Admirals, Alex Reed, also Sabrina Hurst. Uh, both are broadcasters who working now with the Admirals, and they've set up a nice little promotional link for you. I've posted it. It's on my Twitter feed right now, at Paul Swan, and it's going to be Herd Night. All you have to do is buy your tickets through that link. You're going to get a, a different deal than you would normally. Also, you're going to be sitting with herd fans. And if you can 
Get a few of your herd fan friends together while you're traveling. Guess what? It's going to be uh, Marshall University night. They'll put you up on the scoreboard, and uh, they'll make it uh, part of a group night. $14 from $14 on. Um, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool that uh, they're doing that. So um, give them a shout and see if you can um, get some tickets, hang out with the uh, Norfolk Admirals, and, of course, um, root the Admirals on. Yeah, I know they're taking on the Nailers. And, yes, this is a West Virginia team, but we got Marshall kids at the Admirals' uh, front office in the organization. So I can't root against the – I can't root against them. I can't do it. Yes, I I would root for Wheeling over most anybody else, but I can't do it against the Admirals, especially since we've got a couple of uh, Marshall alum uh, in key positions with the organization. So, yes, I know. Sorry picking the Admirals, but I'm getting you a good ticket deal, and there's going to be plenty of Herd fans there, so I'm getting you a deal. What more do you want? All right, uh, that's going to be about it for this show. Tomorrow we'll look at high school football across the Tri-State. Uh, we'll preview some of the area matchups. We've got Huntington High tomorrow night. We've also got Cabell Midland Spring Valley to talk about, Chesapeake as well, so uh, big area matchups uh, with those teams to tell you about. And, of course, we'll be one day closer to the Thundering Herd taking on Old Dominion. Must win. I won't lie to you. Uh, if Marshall doesn't win this one, Pretty much the East Division title is out the door. It's not happening. So you're rooting for a herd victory, then you're going to pull for FIU to beat MTSU, and then you're going to hope that MTSU can drop one more because Marshall would lose the tiebreaker to them. Then you're going to hope that Marshall can win against the remaining teams on the schedule, including FIU. If you beat FIU, you'd have the tiebreaker there. So you got to overcome that hurdle. And then you've got to overcome the MTSU hurdle. And unfortunately, you can't do that without a little help. So you're rooting against MTSU for the rest of the year. You're rooting for the herd to win out. And you're going to root for FIU over MTSU if you have any shot of getting the East Division crown. Is all that going to happen? Well, we can be optimistic. And that's going to do it for this edition. I want to thank our guests. We appreciate first Joe Bartle joining us from Roto-Wire. Also, Alex Reed, Sabrina Hurst. We appreciate them. For our producer, Gabriel Sellards, I'm Paul Swan. This has been The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, presented by Belltone Hearing Aid Center. <laughs>